Monogamish podcast contains content intended for mature audiences. The views expressed here are for entertainment purposes only. Please enjoy the show. If I go back looking on my days of monogamy, I was horrible at it. Okay. And I think that's like a common theme for a lot of people it when they is. start that. But I've always, I remember when I was like really, really young looking at people like, you know, going back to like real sex and stuff like that. But even before that, I was like, wouldn't that be cool to have like multiple partners and multiple things and i remember uh two-face on batman where he had like you know this partner for this side and then the other partner for that side i was like that makes sense to me monogamy never made sense to me when i was younger hey ishes just got done filming another great episode. I know, with Dwayne, the director of the Colorado Center for Alternative Lifestyles. Not the coalition. Not the coalition. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes, you know, sometimes that happens. At least, I, like I said, it started with a C. Yep. Yeah. Good for me. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, his, his uh, you know, his podcast was really good tonight. You know, he talked a lot. He was really educational. Yes, he was. He knows a lot, and he's been through a lot to get to this point. He made mm-hmm. a lot of, like, amateur mistakes. I mean, Absolutely. as an amateur, but, like, he knows to, like, counsel people, like, not how to do this or make sure you're definitely negotiating this before you get into something, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love teachers that are students. Yes. Oh, yeah. So he is on this mission to continue to learn, and when he got into this lifestyle... It wasn't, you know, a lot of people, when they think about getting into the lifestyle, they immediately think, oh, my God, I'm going to get jealous and I'm going to, you know, have these feelings. No, look at it positively. You're going to learn new things. And Mm -hmm. you might learn things from being with another partner. Mm -hmm. You might learn things from other people in the community or learn a new kink. And that's the best part about it. Mm -hmm. It makes makes sex fun again. Yes. And, you know, you never you never want to stop learning things because mm-hmm. you always want to try something new. Mm-hmm. And so it was really great talking with him today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had a lot of good stuff to say. He did. And you guys should take that advice. Have fun with this. That's the whole point of the lifestyle. Don't be so strict on yourself and don't take yourself so seriously. Be flexible. Yes. Enjoy mm-hmm. your partner or partners and learn new things about them and enjoy their pleasure. I promise you, if you stop focusing on yourself and what you're getting out of it, it totally changes your world. Yes. Totally. For the better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it goes both ways. It really <laughs> does. <laughs> it goes both ways. <laughs> All right, peeps. You know how you know where to find us? Go on to our website, monogamishpodcast.com. And please, please, please make an, a donation, a one-time donation, either to our Cash App mm-hmm. or go over to Patreon and become a member. We'd love to hear all that um, salacious stuff that happens on the pink couch oh yeah (laughs) the pink couch (laughs) all right ishes see you later hi ishes welcome to monogamish i'm justina and i'm kenji and And we're we're monogamish we have a great show today i'm excited i know first time meeting him i know and he reached out to us i know we appreciate all those thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) so Dwayne, welcome thank you appreciate it and Dwayne, tell us your title uh, so my title is I'm the executive director of Colorado Center of Alternative Lifestyles. Okay. Wonderful. I love it. Wonderful. And we're going to delve into that, but we want to get to know you first. Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. Let's see. Um, <laughs> it, my story when I actually first started doing like alternative sexual stuff, I was probably like 18. 
and this was back during like you know when internet was kind of big like AOL right. and all that <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. and I remember um like you know going into chat rooms and I always like I was like I used to watch a lot of porn growing up and I was like I want to experience that but I don't know who will not the girls in high school no I, I, I had no interest in like the girls in my high school so I was just like I gotta find this out in the universe. So I literally was like on the internet, like, can we do some stuff? Are you into this? And I would just go out and like find people. And okay. it, it was one of those things that that lifestyle was really, you had to know somebody to get in. Right. Oh, yeah. And I would see like, you know, pictures and stuff. Now, on it. Let's clarify when you say that lifestyle. Okay. So is this kink? Yes. So, okay. uh, didn't really know much about the swinger lifestyle okay. uh, back then, but as far as like kink and BDSM and stuff like that, I didn't know much about what was going on in Denver because I was I grew up in Northern Colorado. I'm from Michigan, grew up in Northern Colorado. Okay. Oh, okay. And um, so small town. I don't like people knowing my business, so a lot of times I came out here. Okay. So like you know, ah, the, okay. I would go to work and stuff like that, and all of a sudden on the weekend get my paycheck. Come down to Denver, <laughs> go back to work on Monday and be like, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Nothing. Just hug out. Yeah, just hug out. I was like, I kept it PG-13 with everybody. And, um, you know, so I did that for a few years. Now, then, why did you not want anybody to know your business? There's a few reasons for that. One of the big reasons is is that back then, a lot more people weren't, it wasn't as commercial mm-hmm. open about things. Mm-hmm. So the things that I do now, like being open and out like I am now and everything, you do that back then, especially at 18 years old. Oh, right. You know, like 18 years old. Uh, like late 90s. It was like yeah. early 2000s. Right? You know, yeah. You know, yep. uh, black male, small town. It was Greeley. Oh, okay. oh so my gosh. So I was like, you yeah. know, small town. Dude, that wasn't um, even Hispanic yet. It was, white, it was white Greeley. <laughs> <laughs> everybody knew who I already was growing up, so it's not like I could hide anything with people, and I just didn't want – that to cross over to like everybody knowing my stuff so okay it was easier for me to come down to denver find people with similar interests to possibly you know jump in and explore and stuff like that and what and, part of kink initially got you was it like rope oh. tying shibari okay you... <laughs> beating them with the whip what the, uh, come on now come so on there's an interesting story of what first kind of turned me on a kink and it was the movie hellraiser we'll tear your soul and, okay. And like pinhead. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> the chains. So something oh. I have a, a, a kind of a, a kink fe- a interest in like chains and stuff. But like hearing the chains and then seeing the like torture and stuff, I was like, I feel mm. awkward that I'm actually turned on by watching like <laughs> okay. pinhead yeah. like hook people and do all this stuff. I'm like, yes. Are people into that? Because you know, Clive Barker needed his inspiration for something. It's not like he just came out of the blue and was like, hey, let's hook people and had these Cenobites. It was like people do stuff like this. So, um, and that was also during the time of like real sex on like HBO. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I used to see all these like things that you could do. And I was like, I feel like I want to explore that, but I can't do it here. So I literally just adventured into the internet and just went places and found groups, found Mm -hmm. people, experienced stuff. Not all of it worked out a lot of the time. And there was some pretty interesting kind of weird stories (laughs) growing up. Absolutely. I, here's one story that I always tell. Um, 
it was a situation. I think I was like 19. Okay. I'm talking to somebody on the internet, and then all of a sudden, my buddy's like, I dare you to go to their house. And I was like, what? And it was it was like the wife, and it's like, yeah, I want you to come to my house, and I want you to uh, come into my house, take a shower, sit on the toilet, and blindfold yourself. And I was like, oh. All right. I was like, well, you dare me. I can't turn out a dare, right? Okay. So, <laughs> also, next thing you know, we drive. And I was in Bertha, uh, not Bertha, it was in uh, Brighton. Okay. And uh, we get to the house, and I'm like, okay. And I see, like, the pictures and, like, the wife and all this stuff. I'm like, okay. So, you just walked in? Oh, yeah. They were like, the door's open. Just come on in. We're good to go, right? <laughs> Did you have, like, some sort of make sure it's the house that has, right. uh, like, this right. doormat oh, or something? I, I <laughs> make sure everything, right? right? Before you walk into fucking Brighton. <laughs> right? Well, this is, like, you know, back when you printed out the address on, like, MapQuest oh, yeah. and right. all that stuff. So I had it, like, okay, it was, like, this is the address, and I'm looking. I was, like, oh, okay, we're good. Fuck. Okay. All the so, shows like, this <laughs> dot. <laughs> and, like, my friend's in the car. He's, like, you're good. I was, like, yeah, just wait, whatever. Just, I'm going to go do this. And all of a sudden, I get into the house, take a shower. And get on the toilet, blindfold myself, and I'm just sitting up there, and I'm like, okay. And then next thing you know, I see somebody start to crawl into the bathroom. And I'm like, okay, here we go. About to happen. And next thing you know, they start giving me head. And as they're giving me head, I was like, this feels different. So I take off the blindfold. It was the husband. Yep. Oh. God, I fucking <laughs> felt it. I fucking felt oh, that shit. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the wife. wife. It was the husband. And that hadn't been discussed at oh, all no. whatsoever. Fuck no. No. Oh, fuck. Okay. So I'm sitting up here and I was like, and like, um, you know, oh like, I, I'm like 19. I was like, where's your, where's your wife? And he's like, oh, she's in the bathroom. I was like, oh, okay, is she coming? Is she like coming out? What's going on here? I'm like confused. Like, I was like in that weird place where I was like, I'm not angry because it's head. Right. But I, <laughs> which I was like, all right, I'm getting some head. It just felt different, but his head, so whatever. <laughs> but I'm like, is there, a, where's your wife at? Is there somebody else coming in here? Right. And then all of a sudden he was like, can I keep sucking your dick? And I'm like, meant. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> like, all right, like we're, we're doing this, but your wife is coming out though, right? Like eventually your wife yes, is coming out of the right? bathroom. And he's like, yeah, she's just a little shy. And I think after like five minutes, the wife didn't come out. I was like, all right, man, I feel a little awkward. Like, I can't, I'm not, I don't, like, I'm not going forward with this. Right. right. I was like, this is outside. And all of a sudden, I get back in the car. My friend's like, what happened? I was like, it was, it was the husband, man. He's like, what? And I was like. So you never even seen her. She never made no, an appearance. No, she God never. damn it. She probably wasn't even I have, in the house. I know. Yeah. <laughs> The years of experience going forward, like looking back on that, I'm like, there are so many things that could have been prevented had I had better conversation. Oh, right. God. But that was also a dangerous situation for that person. Yes. To put a random, because I'm like. And if you weren't as big and must, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I would have been terrified to do that. You wouldn't have caught me going randomly into somebody's no, no. house and taking a shower and blindfolding myself <laughs> yep. on the toilet. Fuck no. <laughs> I've been the same size since I was 13, and I used to play, like, Damn. pro football. <laughs> oh, wow. So, oh, wow. like, I was, like, that's when I was, like, you know, like, 250 pounds. I was in shape. I had, like, muscle. I'm, like, you know, mm -hmm. big. And I'm, like, that's just the riskiest thing to do. Right. right. And it was, like, some, like, he was, like, 5'4", like, 140 oh, pounds. And I'm, like, oh, my God. You are the bravest person dude dude on the planet he's like right would you just invite some random person into your house that's this big that you just violated their consent 
Right. Oh, that could have been If I would have turned violent, right, that would have been like this whole big situation. So bad. That, like, and that ha- so bad. That's <laughs> so bad. That's common. People, you know, in your situation, would not understand how to control their emotions. In uh, you know, being put into a situation like that, that they had no idea what was going to happen, and we see it all the time. At least, it's frequently reflected in media, for sure. But you also hear about it in real life of people, you know, getting hit by the way because of the way that they dressed or looking at somebody weird or touching somebody weird, or just not letting everybody know like what's going on. Right. You know, because yep. that that is a bad situation. Right. That yeah. is a bad situation all around, <laughs> and it could have been so know. bad. Yeah. yeah. Like at least give me an option. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know, and like it, it, I tell people now, it's like it's hard for me to really say no to a lot of things. Someone's like, you want to try something? I'm like, overall, I'm a hedonist. So you're right. like, you want to try something? I'm like, all right. I'll, all right. I'll be like, this, I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know if I like it or not. So I guess I got to try it to see. So like, you know, being in that situation and going back to that, I'm like, would I been like, yeah, no. Or would I just said, no, I'm not into that, you know, and mm-hmm. not having that choice and that option to ever do that. Right. You know, it's just. It's yeah. crazy, though. It opened up some doors for you. You know, like <laughs> like in your mind, though, you know, you're just like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it yeah, did. And okay. that's, when, that's when I first had that thought process. I'm like, so could I, am I like into this or, you know, what? Right. Like it, uh-huh. it was like that weird kind of like, can I question my sexuality or something like that? And then like, you know, I was like, well, let me explore this. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I guess I got to go explore it. Go figure out what I'm actually doing here. So that's why I was like, I'm pretty comfortable with stuff. But I love women. I love femininity. After my exploration and stuff like that, you know, like I tell people, like I'm attracted to women. I'm attracted to uh, trans individual. I'm attracted to, I guess I'm getting into my sexual orientation and stuff here. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm attracted to uh, feminine presenting individuals. Okay. Uh, and that's just open to discretion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Feminine presenting individuals. Okay. Um. Just like me. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's true. Yes. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah, and that's kind of like, you know, just trial and error, just exploration and being like, let me let me fuck this monkey and figure out if I actually like it or not. And yeah. Mm, so would shit. you say you're monogamous? No. Okay. No. So you, you loved the kink route, but you also loved the non monogamy route. I yeah, um I was a if I go back looking on my days of monogamy, I was horrible at it. Okay. And I think that's like a common theme for a lot of people it when they is. start that. But I've always, I remember when I was like really, really young looking at people like, you know, going back to like real sex and stuff like that. But even before that, I was like, wouldn't that be cool to have like multiple partners and multiple things and. I remember uh, Two-Face on Batman where he had, like, you know, this partner for this side and then the other partner for that side. Right. And I was like, that makes sense to me. Monogamy mm-hmm. never made sense to me when I was younger. Okay. And it's something I never got to explore, but I'm like, I wonder what people would think if I actually showed up to, like, you know, it was like, this is my partner and my other partner. That wasn't a language I used when I was, like, you know, you know 18, 19 years old, but I, that thought process was in my head. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until... Like, I've been married, divorced, and it wasn't up until, I think, 2012 was when I was like, this is not working for me. Like, none of this is, like, working for me at all. Being monogamous, like, after my divorce and, like, going through relationships, and I was like, I don't like this path. 
There okay. has to be something else. So you and your wife never explored non-monogamy? No. Okay. No. So you, you, it sounds like you cheated then a lot in past relationships. Um, yeah, when I was younger, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I was not faithful at all when I was younger. I didn't Did- even... I'm sorry, did you and your <laughs> wife even talk about opening up the marriage or anything like that? Um, no. Oh. I was, I hindered a lot of my relationships for the simple fact is that I was never, I never opened up about my sexuality. It was kind of like a conditioned thing where um, I knew I had interest in other stuff, but I would get in relationships, like you get in relationships and you do all the you have your fun, and then when you get, like, married and you settle down, you stop all that, right? So it I depends. Had, <laughs> you're like, I don't we didn't that do that. <laughs> you two are like, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 don't know I mean, even, even if we take the non-monogamy out of yeah. the equation, when it's just me and him, we still try so much new shit oh, all yeah. the fucking time. Like, Fuck yeah. It's, it's like, what can we get into today? <laughs> and, and that was the issue that I had to where I wasn't comfortable opening up about that. Okay. To where it's like I wouldn't like my partners were like, "Are you into stuff?" And I was like, no. I, "I would mention something to test the waters," and they'll be like, "What?" And I was like, "Never mind." Mm-mm. If you felt like the it wasn't receptive, okay. <laughs> really, it, it was like I would really, get, yeah, and it was like it wasn't it wasn't received well, yeah. it wasn't reciprocated, right. and I was like, "Okay, so apparently we're clearly not into that." So I was just like, "All right, then I guess I'll put that on the back burner." And now, now, question: Is it because like I don't? It, it's like a m- minority thing. Because we do the same thing, and I, I tell her, like, that's how it was, like, growing up, too. It was sort of like a, I do my own thing, and I'm not going to talk about that shit, you know, and we're going to do that shit, you know, keep it to ourselves. Because it's just like the way people <laughs> present it, and, you know, the outside, because everybody's just like, what the fuck? You know, it's supposed to be all regular, and what the fuck, you there, know, if it's not. Is a conditioning that goes on to that, like, in your upbringing, that, like, my dad used to talk openly about sex, and, um. As we were like go through that, I was like, okay, cool, but then it was like, <clears throat> it was like I got married, and I settled down, and then I don't do that stuff anymore because that was my wild time. So to me, I was like, all right, oh. so go have my wild time, and then when it's time to settle down, you just do like you know the five ten minutes of sex, and you settle. You don't do all mm-hmm. that stuff, and not only that, like some of the interests that okay. I had, not a lot of people wanted to explore. So I didn't do it. I just kind of was like, oh, okay, fine. You're not into that. So I guess I'll uh, kind of like hang out and relax. I won't do anything. I won't bring it up. We'll just, you know, have normal sex. And it did. It really got really boring. And a lot of my partners previous to like 2012 and stuff would say the same thing. They're like, it never seemed like you enjoyed sex. And I was like, I didn't. And that was really my fault because I wasn't opening myself up to my partner or myself. It was just kind of like, well, they're going to judge me for this, so I'm not even going to explore it, so we'll just do what we need to do, and I'll go play Call of Duty or something. Oh, you know, it was just okay. like one of those things where I was kind of like, I, I kind of tuned it out. And I enjoy sex. I always have. Hmm. But it was just the fact of not being comfortable enough to really explore that. With the partners cool. that you had. Yeah. With the partners that I had, and I was just like, okay, we're just not going to do that. And Yeah, like I said, 2012 came around. I think I was on uh, OK Cupid, and <laughs> um, I matched with somebody, and we start talking about stuff, and they were like, um, "So, like, are you into like X, Y, and Z?" And I was like, "Hey, you know this porn performer too, right? I like his videos and the stuff he does. He does some pretty 
Harcourt. His name is Max Harcourt. He actually yeah. ended up going to yeah. prison for stuff. Yeah, oh, I know. For, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, some of the things he would do, I was like, I kind of like that. And, uh, you know, like, Rocco Seferi and stuff like that. And Nacho with that. So, like, some of these more hardcore performers I kind of used to enjoy. And also, next thing you know, her and I were talking, and she was like, are you on FetLife? And I was like, what's FetLife? <laughs> I was like, oh shit! There like, you go. I was like, I don't. That life is still just as popular now, I, especially even more. in the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I was like, I don't understand what this fet life is. I don't understand what you're talking about. So she was like, Yeah, feel like you should probably get on fet life. And she didn't take me as seriously because literally I wasn't on fet life. And I was like, Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. So let me just. You just, you knew you were part of the community without ever being part of the community. Right? Yeah, it was like, I used to skirt on the outside of it and stuff. And like, right. And, and I tell people this, if you ever want to see how kinky people are, go look, look at military people. Fuck <laughs> yes. Like, I used to hear about stories about like, you know, wives and like gangbang parties and stuff like this. You look at the history of like swinging going back and how the military did stuff and like all of these things. The military is like... The, some kinky fucking people like they are some really kinky people so i'm a military brat (laughs) 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 right so i haven't ever shared this on the show but my parents were in the lifestyle and at that time there wasn't it wasn't called the lifestyle i didn't Mm -mm. even know that it had a name or a title or that it was a community or a group or anything like that um my dad was gone frequently and probably when I was about 12 years old, they moved somebody into the house with us. And my mom was like, this is my boyfriend. He's going to live with us. I still love your dad and we still are going to sleep together, but don't tell anybody. And that was the end. (laughs) And so I, as a teenage girl, got thrown into this household where a lot of what I could do was restricted because we had to hide it. So I couldn't have friends over. I couldn't you know, I didn't have that normal childhood experience. But then on top of that, I had to lie about who this guy was and pretend that I liked him and I didn't. <laughs> and it was really a difficult situation. So if you had asked me, I told this to my mm-hmm. husband a little bit ago, if you had asked, my birthday's coming up and I'm thinking back on the years, if you had asked 12 year old me if I would have ever done anything like this or been on a lifestyle podcast or fuck no, fuck no. I was 100% going to be monogamous. I thought my grandparents' way of life was the way to go. They were married for like 50 plus years. And, you know, it was just the two of them and never heard of infidelity or cheating. And they loved each other to death. I was so wrong. (laughs) And it was a lack of education. 12-year-old me didn't understand it. I was confused. I, I felt uncomfortable. And so I hated it. But now I understand that in the military, your partner's gone for a long time. Like, I bitch if I'm not getting sex after a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I can't imagine 45 days gone or, you know, that's a minimum. Like, you're. I was deployed 15 months. Right. You're talking Damn. sometimes over, you know, sometimes years, and especially then. It yeah. More time. I know. So they were gone, you know, frequently, and sometimes they'd come back for a little bit and then they'd be gone again. Yeah. And so I totally understand why in the lifestyle or in the military the lifestyle is so prevalent and you know you don't there you have to have an outlet everybody has those sexual needs and what do you do (laughs) when you don't have a partner to share it with and i I used to tell people i was like if you go to a military if you go to a military post and you go to the gay clubs it's packed 
and I tell people this all the time. I was like, there's a lot of men in the military that due to, well, actually when I was in, it was don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. Right. So you had a, a lot of guys that like, they wouldn't say anything, but the, they had people, you drive by the, the, the gay bar and the gay club. And it was like people parking in the grass and it was like, packed so you know that people are going there and they're military because it was it was like fort hood texas it's clean it was right. a military town so you mm-hmm. knew that pretty much majority of people that were there were military right but you didn't talk about it but it went on right and that's something that like i, I try to talk to people about is that especially in like the black community as a masculine male uh they view you know being anything other than straight they, they you know it's like i've heard so many comments that are like that, that's a, that's a waste of a man right there and i was like how is it a waste like i literally like we can still do stuff it's just i don't have a problem experiencing other things with other people right but if you you like you look at uh uh like feminine people more feminine uh presenting individuals and stuff like that it's fine because they're like oh we get that Right, it makes sense to them, mm-hmm. but a masculine person <clears throat> in a, a minority group and stuff—they're like, "But why?" Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, "You're supposed to be do this because you're a masculine man, and we need you to fit this mold and be like this and all that stuff." And I'm like, "I, I fit the mold in so many ways." Right. But in so many ways, I I don't, and like, it, it's just like that perception of stuff that you, you you get, and that's and that was another reason why I did a lot of things that I didn't tell people about. Mm-hmm. Just for the simple fact is that I'm like, I can explain this to you. A one, if I explain something to you, I might get kicked out the military. Mm-hmm. Um, for you know, and mm. I know people that have actually been kicked out of the military for the donuts don't tell. Wow. So it's it's one of those things to where you're just kind of like, I I do it. I'm mm-hmm. there. I'll do it. I don't need to tell you about it. I don't need right. to show you the certificate, appreciation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Check the box, and I'm like going home. You know, so like, yeah, I used to tell my military, but it was like, I would just, I used to disappear in the military. Um, <laughs> They're like, what are you doing for the weekend? And everybody's like, we're going to the bar. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going over that way. Yeah. And they're like, what? And I was like, I'm going to Austin or I'm going to San Antonio. He's like, I would just disappear. That was, that was, that has been my MO and it's still my MO. People are laughing at me. Like I'll go to a club. And they're like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm across the street at the bar. They're like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was hanging out with y'all for a little bit. I got a little bored, so I went on my little solo adventure over here. And, you know, that's pretty much been my, my MO for, like, you know, years. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I do. I, I have a tendency to just kind of wander off. Do your own thing. Do my own thing. Come on just back. Yeah, and, I, like, I'll show up with, like, a grin. They're like, what you do? And it's like, <laughs> you don't. You don't need to know. Yeah. So don't worry about it. It was a fun experience for me and other people involved, but don't worry about it. <laughs> so Right. What's crazy to me is, you know, with the military, you travel so much. Mm-hmm. And having those new experiences opens up your brand, your mind, opens up your world, and it allows you to accept people more for who they are and understand that there's different cultures. But there's still, even though the don't ask, don't tell isn't prevalent anymore and it's not a thing anymore, there's still a lot of fear around men and women coming out as gay or bisexual mm-hmm. or, you know, having any sort of sexuality or sexual preference other than the norm, the straight monogamy, you know, you're getting married and your wife is going to travel with you or your husband's going to travel with you and it's just going to be the two of you. And even when they're gone, you need to deal with it. 
And it's weird that the military hasn't embraced that more because they travel and because their minds are open more to alternative lifestyles. There's a mm-hmm. lot of fear and insecurity that goes into that. And I think there's also like a level of projection that people have going into the community. Um, especially for men. I tell this is why like when we talk about like toxic masculinity and masculinity and stuff like that, everything I was like, there's a lot of fear and insecurity based thought processes that go into that. That's why you have that. So, you know, they're like, Oh, I can't go in the bathroom. I can't piss in the bathroom with a gay dude because the dude's going to be looking at my dick. I'm like, no, you're projecting what you would do. You're projecting your fear and insecurity of shit that you would do mm-hmm. because you just like violating people's like space. I don't sexualize people unless I'm like, like, Hey, I consensually sexualize you mm-hmm. or like, Hey, I acknowledge that you're an attractive individual. Like, I could do that. It doesn't mean I'm sexualizing you. I don't sexualize nudity. But the fact is that a lot of guys have that thought process that they just like, like, yeah, that, like, I would totally walk into the bathroom if I saw a girl pissing. I, I have to look over. Why? That's awkward. Right. Right. (laughs) If we had like open stools and open bathrooms and stuff, like go to the bathroom in your space, and somebody could go to their bathroom in their space, and if you could not sexualize somebody standing next to you and make right. it awkward and just exist, we wouldn't have a problem. Exactly. But you're literally sexualizing people just for their existence and stuff. And so, like, it just, it's like fear and insecurity and this projection of things that you would do or you know that somebody else would do that if they're given that opportunity would probably take advantage of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you see that so many times that, that those thought processes that come in are like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with, like, you know, gay dudes or I'm uncomfortable with women. And so you come up with every excuse to why you don't think a woman could possibly coexist in a space with you. Right. Because what, like maybe in some place, like instances, a woman is better at certain things. And then you're like, Oh, not only did I lose out to other men, I lost out to women. Mm-hmm. So then it builds on that insecurity that you have in those spaces, and especially in the military, because military is justice it's a huge pissing contest it is and like i mean like i was a combat soldier i was a scout i did reconnaissance i was in the army and stuff and like i was around nothing but men so like you know pretty much from like you know four thirty, five o'clock in the morning until you know five or however long at night i was around men get off get off of work went back to my barracks around men right and I'm just like, this is a lot of testosterone, and I don't mind that, but this is borderline feeling like I'm in jail. Oh. <laughs> and there was a thing when I was younger where I ended up in jail for some stuff. That's a whole different story. But, <laughs> like, literally, that environment is no different. Yeah. That built-up testos- that, uh, built testosterone and how people interact and do stuff, and I'm just like, oh, just scared. <laughs> That's yeah. what it is. You're like literally scared of what you would do or you, what you think another guy would possibly do to you. It's not the fact that you're like scared of the fact that like, you know, like you're like, oh, guy's going to violate me. I was like, that's because you know what guys are capable of. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty yeah. much it. That's because you know what men are, the guys are capable of actually doing to people, to women and possibly other men given an opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. So like that, that's, just exist. That's why you have those fears and insecurities that roam everywhere. So when you were in the military, you weren't married. Uh, I got married in two thousand oh nine. Yep, two thousand nine. 
I was considered a geographical bachelor, and I got out in 2010. Okay, so right at the end of your... Yeah, right at the end of my uh, my time and everything like that. And I got out on a medical. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm a disabled vet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, so then you you met your wife and decided to go the monogamy route, and that didn't work out very no, much. That, that failed. <laughs> so that, that, that failed. Have you had a relationship within the lifestyle? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've had a few. Um. I've had, uh, and as far as like the kinky BDSM lifestyle, um, I'm heavily involved in Ada Leather community. Okay. And I'm also, that's. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm also um, involved <laughs> in um, authority dynamics. Uh, so DS relationships, MS, master slave, dom subs types of relationships and stuff like that. So yeah, I've had those type of relationships. I also had partners to where we would go swing and, I love to watch. I'm a voyeur, huge voyeur. So if I have a partner that's an exhibitionist, loves to go out and be like, I want you to do stuff with who? Everybody. I just want to watch. (laughs) (laughs) And I literally, I I love to sit there. Like uh, I I tell people I had a story to where um, a few years ago I got my dick pierced. Okay. Oh. And I was like, all right, well, I can't have sex for a little bit. She was like, I'm kind of horny. I was like, call some friends. So (laughs) (laughs) like I get on the phone, I call some friends, they come over and, um, like, as I'm sitting here, I literally sit in a chair, I have popcorn, and I'm eating popcorn, <laughs> and I'm watching <laughs> sex, oh, and I'm like, It's like a show. Hell that's, yeah. That's what's up. That's, I like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's a fan of that. Keep going. You know? <laughs> so that's stuff that I, I like to do, and, you know, it, it's fun when you actually get over that, and you find people that actually match with you in certain ways that you can explore. Mm-hmm those depths of your sexuality and the depths of yourself and stuff like that without. And like now, I mean, like I tell people, they're like, I'm not into that. And I was like, Hey, well we probably won't work. They're like, what? And I was like, I'm, there's some things I'm not compromising on when it comes right? to relationships. I was like, I have a zero, like, like I'm not compromising on that. You're not into that. That's not going to work. So nice. are you in a relationship currently? No, okay. this is actually coming up on actually the longest that I think I've been single. Okay. Since mm. I've been in a lifestyle. Um, okay, and I, I also tell people I I've navigated the swinger community pretty well as a single male. Okay, so which is rare. Mm-hmm. And I say that there, it's rare that you have a single male and then a single black male that doesn't fall into the category of the BBC. Right. Yeah. So like I come in and like they're like, "Oh, are you a bull?" I'm like, "Nah, that's not my thing." Like, uh, no, like you know, I'll do some stuff, but I'm not a bull. I'm not. Don't you get tired of asking that? Oh my gosh! Or being asked that constantly, just because of the way that you look. I I do, and honestly, I tell people, and I'm just like, they're like, "Yeah, do you have a big dick?" And I was like, "No, it's tiny, it's little. (laughs) You don't want none of this. It'll be like three minutes of your, you know, three minutes of your life. You'll never get back. You don't want this." (laughs) And literally, would go over and have sex with somebody on a bed and be like, (laughs) "Had you came to me correct, this could have, yeah, right, could have enjoyed ourselves." But no, you just like. Reduce me down to pretty much my dick, right. and we were like, "This, this is all you are." I was like, "No, I, I do a lot of other things." That yeah. happens black to my man. husband. Yeah, fetishized, you know, mm-hmm. black men and you know, minority men and Asian women, or <sighs> my, you know. Mm-hmm. It, and I even tell, even on a broader spectrum of that, mm-hmm. I even tell people that if you look at that, pretty much unless you're the dominant male of that country's or origin. You're, 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 if you come into an environment of sex, you're going to be sexualized. Yeah. You can't really. That makes sense. Okay. You know, yeah. it's like, 
you know, they look at like uh, women that are multiracial and stuff like that. That that ooh, that like you you know that mystique of multiple races and stuff like that. And they're like <laughs> that's sexy or you know a uh, uh, black man. You're like oh, big black cock and all that stuff. And right. you know, like all these things that they come in and they have these like perceptions about and everything. But I'm a like a lot of the, them the have been shaped by porn. Yeah. Them, that preconceived notion of like, oh yeah, this right. is what we see, and it's all like that, right. you know. We always joke around that Mr. Fullwood's a piece of meat. Oh my god, because he literally gets treated like a piece, a piece of, meat of meat everywhere, he everywhere, goes. everywhere, by it men doesn't... and women. Yeah, if you uh, got, and I, I grew up watching. I used to watch like seventies porn, like the, the, <laughs> the golden <bush>. era of <laughs> porn, and I would watch it like a movie, and I still do. I would literally sit down and watch like the opening of Missy Beethoven, not even jerk off. We'll watch it. Like a movie because I'm like, it's an actual. There's like plot line. There's, there's a like story. A theme, it, oh like, my god! It tells you all the stuff. Those seventy porns were the best, man. <laughs> Debbie does Dallas and all that oh, shit. Yeah. You there's know, like an actual story. To Debbie it. does Dallas and yes. like the, the porn scenes were like you know five to five to ten minutes. Ten right. minutes was max. Yeah, because right. everybody gets bored. Now you watch porn and it's like a, you get a porn and it's like four hours and it's like right. four scenes and I'm like who jerks off to that. Who is interest? Like they literally have done studies that no, like people lose interest after like eight nine minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. So why do you have a forty five minute or fifty minute porn scene? Nobody cares about. Like, yeah. I'm gonna fast forward to what I want and get into it and be like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but like, if you look at like how porn has like been driven and you look who drives porn, that's when you get into those things to where it's pretty much like, you know. Uh, Latin women are a fetish, you know, black men are a fetish, black interracial porn. And, like, interracial porn is only black men and white women. Right? Other than that, it's not interracial. Right. They don't consider that interracial porn. Interracial porn is literally black men with, you know, <laughs> with white women. That's it. That's the only criteria you need for that to be <laughs> interracial porn. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, so, yeah, you, like, and... I know people that perform in porn and you talk to them about the stories of how they do that in like production companies and they push that because there's, there's an agenda behind that because you got to look who looks at your porn, right? Mm-hmm. You have to look who actually is looking at your content and you're like, this is about profit. So your profits are pushed by, you know, either borderline incels or borderline, you know, whatever people that, you know, don't get a lot of sex. So they turn everything into a fetish. So they're like, I want to see this because, you know, I think they're beneath me. I think you're all beneath me, but I want to see you do that because you're filthy. And, like, you read the comments on, like, you know, Pornhub and X videos of this stuff. And I'm like, have you ever had sex? <laughs> oh, God. Ever have you experienced that? Because some of the things you hear, some of these comments, and, like, you think they're their kids. You, like, right. you would think that some of these people making these comments are kids, but it's like a 40, 50-year-old guy that's sitting mm. in his house and was like, yeah, that's put that dirty slut in her place. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> that's all she's got for some holes. I'm like, what the hell are you saying? Like, you, like, you can't be like this in the real world. Like, never would you ever in a day go out into the real world, walk into a bar and go, God, you're a bunch of good fuckholes. Like, never. Yeah. Never. <laughs> yeah. I would never go to a bar and say that to a woman and be like, God, you're, you're fucking holes. I'm like, I don't even know what your holes look like. You have to <laughs> you're in a bar. So, like, yeah, it's so weird that, like, that whole realm of how the industry is pushed, and you see that in, like, so many other realms of stuff. And even in the BDSM and King community, you see that a lot. That, uh, especially after um, 
the the AIDS epidemic, you see like the change of like heteronormative people, like swing into like kink and BDSM, and it changed the landscape of it, especially with like the Gorian novels that came out in the late like sixties and stuff like that, of like the master slave dynamics and stuff like that. It really changed the game of how people looked at that, and then you know you like fast forward to like Fifty Shades of Grey, which mm-hmm. I have to say. Fucking helped me get laid a lot. <laughs> like, it, like it, it helped me get laid a lot, but it also taught me, like it also taught me. There's an educational component because I realized that a lot of people, a lot of women would see that, be like, "Can you do some of that?" And I was like, "I can, but not like that, because that's horrible." Right. Right. Like, Thank <laughs> you. That's a horrible. That's, come on. It was the best example by right? means. But unfortunately, pretty much. Every time the lifestyle is portrayed anyway in the media, it's not a good example right? of what it actually is in real life. Oh, my God. Whether it's polyamory or swinger community or the kink community, doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. all portrayed oh, poorly. No. What was it? Uh, they redid She's Gotta Have It, um, Spike Lee's movie. Okay. What? It turned, it's like a television series. Yeah, what? They redid it. It was on Netflix. And it's like She's Gotta Have It. And they redid it, and they tried to... They tried to put it in a place of like, oh, yeah, she's Polly. She's dating other people. But even then, it was this poorly executed way to represent Polly oh, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's the representation of, you know, alternative lifestyles are horrible. Oh, yeah. And it's like it's the worst. I'm like, do you <laughs> like if you look at Sons of Anarchy, they literally had a Hell's Angel and people that they talked to about what, what to make this realistic. What does this look like? You can't pick up a kinky person in a lifestyle right. and be like, hey, nope. how do you probably use a flogger? Like, right. you're like, do you want me to show you pain? Like, when he was like, you want me to show you pain? And he pulls out a cane. I was like, what was that? <laughs> Five hits? And like, like uh, granted, people have their pain tolerance, but I'm like, okay. Um, hmm, <laughs> right. That was horrible. <laughs> That's not, you're like, that wasn't proper swing. Why do you have kink pants? Like, I'm like, Cinnabur, like, all these things are going through my head when I'm watching, like, 50s. And I watched all three of them just oh, yeah. to watch them. And I'm just like, this is horrible. And not only that, they go back in the second one to where he was, like, molested by his mom's right. friend. So there's trauma to it because you just can't be kinky without trauma. They're always. If you right. want to enjoy your sexuality, there yeah. has to be trauma involved in your yep. life. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, why do we always have to attach everything to be this stuff? And it's like, if you, you know, if there's no trauma. You just want to have normal, regular old sex. And I'm like, does that sound fun? Right. Like, even the pitch of my voice just went. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it doesn't even sound fun. <laughs> You're just like, I'm, I'm bored just saying it. So, like, yeah, you look at that, and I'm just like, yeah, you, you you attach all these things to it, and again, it goes back to fear mm-hmm. and, like, you know, insecurity and stuff like that. And it's just, like, what happens if, you know, if you open up your relationship and then, like, your your your, your wife or whatever has sex with somebody who has better in bed and then has a, has a bigger dick? You're like, mm-hmm. all right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did like, you have like, fun? Like, 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 <laughs> producer like, Drew like, says. I, like I said, like, if, if she finds someone better, has a bigger dick than me, good. Because, what because she doesn't deserve anything less than me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I tell people I have a like a like a hot wife, um, not a, like a stag vixen kind of fetish. 
I think oh, okay. I personally like enjoy like my partner going out and doing things. I, I I love that. I'm more open to like like me, Polly. I might date maybe one other person. Uh, three is my limit. I've done three, and I'm like, this is confusing. I have a brain injury. I will forget. Like I'm like an NFL quarterback. I'm like, you are. Oh, That's shit. hilarious. Oh yeah, I have like a playbook that I'm at. I'm like, Tiffany, Tiff, Tiff, Cliff Notes, this and like, yeah, that's how bad I am because I, I just know I forget stuff. So, um, you know, yeah, it's just like, I love to watch my partners enjoy stuff. I love to hear stories. I'm like, oh my god, I met this guy and we did this and went back to his place and he did this to me and I was like, shit, let me take some notes down. <laughs> that's what's up. Like, if I don't know it, I, like. To me, I'm like, if I don't know it, I want to learn it. I want to see it. I want to experience. And that's one of the biggest things that's been driving me in kink and BDSM and, like, poly and all this stuff is if I don't know it, I want to learn it. And let's see how I can be better at it. I I, I am kind of slightly ego-driven in the fact that, like, I want to be good at what I do. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's like, you know, BDSM. I want to be good at it. I just don't want to do it. I want to be good at it. Mm -hmm. You know, I want a respectable reputation as a dominant person in a BDSM. Um, as far as kink, I want people to be like, okay, I, I heard you know how to do this. Can you do this with me? I'm like, yeah, I got you. I'll show you. Yeah. And I'll show your partner so you two can go home and actually explore this together and be like, thank you. I appreciate it. I enjoy that. Um, so you, is that what you do with the coalition? Are you on the educational side? Um. I, so, executive director, I kind of have my hands in everything, but uh, my first class, one of the first classes I actually taught was for Cal back in 2017. Okay. And it was a fisting class. And um, Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, it was funny because, like, I think we had, like, maybe 25, 30 people show up to the class and stuff like that. And, we were, like, the first part of it was I broke down anatomy. And um, people are like, what? I didn't, like, I'd start talking about the clitoris. And they were like. What? I didn't know the clitoris was like, what? And like, stop I, it. My partner at the time, she was like, I never knew the clitoris looked like that. And I was like, seriously? Well, that's and why she, they're taking your class. I know. Right. <laughs> right. But like, if you look at the education, I actually just posted on our, uh, our, our group page last night, like information about the clitoris to how it's pretty much like, you know, like 10 to 30% of the clitoris is visible. A little, right. little mm -hmm. bit, mm -hmm. depending on the person. The rest of it is all internal, and it pretty much takes all of that in that area for people that have that have that equipment. And when you look at that, you're like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's, it's a whole pleasure thing that you sit up there and you don't focus on and you don't even think about because you're so focused on, like, you know, guys are like, well, I, I, I always tell guys this because if you look at, like, sex education books and, you know, like, the how-to stuff and how to improve your sex life. It's giving a women permission expect, in a heteronormative mindset. Okay. It's giving women permission that it's okay to want to have desires and want to explore sexually. And it's giving men the ability to want to do more than just the act of having sex. Right. And I think men are kind of conditioned in a way that they focus on the act. Right. Like, you hear uh, guys have conversations like, I smashed that. And you're like, that's it? Like, yeah, yeah. You, you had sex. Dude. That's your big claim to fame is the fact that you just had sex. I had, cool. I had sex with her for over an hour. I'm all, 
great. Great. What else did you did you make her did you make her have an orgasm? <laughs> did, did you you know did, did you, you enjoy the hour? Right. Because you can have horrible sex well, for that's an hour. A, yeah, you know. That's, oh my lord. Yes. Or you can have really good sex for five ten minutes. There's no yes. time limit if you're like if you're have an intent to for it to be pleasurable. You focus more on an act of actually just doing it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Right. And like that's like when I was younger, that's where I got complaints from. When I was just like, I remember I was like ego driven. I was like. Oh, I want to be the best. I want to like we're gonna fuck for like two hours and we're gonna do this and yeah. And they're like, dude, quit, guy. <laughs> like just quit. Like yeah. just, it's sore. And I'm like, oh, I'm not done yet. And I'm like, yeah, you're not enjoying this, are you? <laughs> yeah. You know. And, and I'm thinking to myself that I'm like, oh yeah. And like you know, like you hear all these stories about like fucking for hours and you know doing all this and yeah. And then I'm on like. You know, like, oral, did you do this? Or did you use your hands? Or did you stimulate this? I'm like, nah, I just kind of, like, pulled the clothes off and went at it, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, looking back, I'm like, that was horrible. There looking, is so looking, much more. There yeah. is so much more. <laughs> yeah, looking back on, like, how I had sex back then, I was like, man, I was, I was I'm, I hope they enjoyed it. Right. I, but I feel like they probably didn't. Or... They could have enjoyed it, but what I knew now is like if I could go back then and do what I do now, they'd be like, like your mind would be blown because I'd be like, oh, we're gonna, I'm gonna explore this and we're gonna like I I will pull out a speculum and turn into a doctor. I'm like, there's a point. I feel like I'm serious. I'm like, there's a point right there. It's like, and I'm like looking at your move. Like everything now, it's like this tactical thought process that I have now to like sex, and I enjoy it more now because it's like giving myself to another person, opening it up and everything like that. And mm-hmm. that's why I like, enjoy doing that. And I'm like, I want you to be able to explore this and experience this. That is so my mm-hmm. husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very blessed in that fact because yeah. he does. He doesn't just, it's not just about, you know, yeah. PIV. It's, ju- it's so much more than that. And mm-hmm. uh, our friends will joke that we move furniture for hours. <laughs> that's what they call it. But, yep. Moving, moving furniture. furniture. Moving, moving furniture, furniture for hours. But it's not just the act of fucking. Like, it's, we're trying multiple positions. We're playing with different toys. We're, you know, oral, so many things. Like, there's so many different things that you can try that, you know, the PIV is just a little part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, and that's probably why I lose interest. I cycle through certain times. Um, I kind of get bored in the swinger community because of that. Because the swinger community that. is predominantly... Hey, I met you. You look cool. Let's, let's go hit it real let's quick. Let's fuck. Let's go do this real quick. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I just agree. like, that's cool. That's cool. Are we going to do anything else? Like, And then I start thinking, I'm like, hey, can I want to explore this? And they're like, you want to do what to me? Right. And I'm all like, you know, I'm just like, hey, you know, if I take like a couple of fingers and kind of try this thing and, you know, they're like, nah, but my husband doesn't do that. Or no, nah, I don't know what that is. That's, 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 I was like, okay, so we won't explore that. But if you ever want to. Right. Please feel free to reach out to me and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, there, and there are certain people that I, I ha- have a group of uh, people and friends that I hang out with and stuff that are open to exploring. And, you know, it's like a cross between every it's like a cross. Like you go to like a, a party and it's like a cross between everything. Right. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I was at a party and all of a sudden I didn't realize this until we stopped midway through. But everybody at the house party was watching her and I, a friend of mine in this scene. I mean, she's like, I, she's yeah. like, I haven't done this in a while. She's like, I need you to do it. 
I was like, all right, cool. So we start going at it, and we're getting rough and everything like that. And all of a sudden, before I knew it, like, there is, like, 15, 20 people, like, I've never seen anything so extreme before. And I was like, okay, I've been out of practice. For, like, <laughs> I was like, and, uh-huh. like, both of us, like, we haven't done this together in, like, over a year. Oh, like, nice. We're over out of practice. So, like, what you saw there was us trying to get acclimated to each other again because we're like, we haven't, we haven't done this together. And let alone, I, I tell people, I was like, I haven't done this in, like, I, I had um, some health issues come up a couple oh. years ago. And it kind of, like, coincided and, then like, you know, relationship ended. So my sexually, kink-wise, you know, every-wise, like, I have, this is, like, my, like, downslope where I have this, like, slow down and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um... And so then, you're obviously looking to ramp it back up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's like COVID, and like I tell people, they're like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I was like, "I'm sick." And they're like, "What?" I was like, "I'm I, I'm actually sick. It's not COVID, but I'm sick." And you know, I had sinus surgery <sighs> a few months ago, and like you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, "There's like it, it's like I'm like a the boy in a bubble where I just get like sick in the past two years." And everybody's like, "You want to meet up?" And I'm like. <laughs> No, I feel it coming. Oh, <laughs> damn! You know, and I don't want to be like the asshole because I don't know what I want. But like, you know, I get like chronic sinus infections because you know from being in the military and my deployment and stuff like that. So you know, I have some of those like you know issues that kind of come up and they hit me and stuff. And everybody's like, "Yeah," I was like, "Okay, I want to have sex with you, but I can't breathe." Oh God! Do, 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 do you have allergies too? Yes. Oh, dude, especially here. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. And this year. I mean, hey, me and you. I am allergic to fucking Colorado. Good <laughs> lord. I wake up. Good and like, lord. Oh, oh, my existence hurts. <laughs> <laughs> right there with you, man. Good lord. Right. Holy shit. Oh my God. We. I, first time ever, went and got that allergy test, and it's like, hey, there's like 12 trees in Colorado. You're allergic to nine. <laughs> you know, you got eight bushes. You're allergic to seven. I'm all fuck, man. They I need, need a box that just says Colorado. Right. Yeah, just like it's yeah. like all of these allergies. This is like Colorado. <sighs> Mark that. And it's, oh god, and especially now because you know it's like it hasn't frozen over. It's not cold, so I'm still getting these fucking allergies too. And I'm like, dude, it's the fucking middle of winter. And then the fires. Yes. Yeah. So the fires when they the, the yes. first fire like a couple of years it was like 2019. I don't know when that was. Time time changed. Mm-hmm. It's weird. But I think it's 2019. I was like, what is going on? And they're like the fires. And it was like the fires, and then like allergies, and then right. all this stuff is hitting, and it was just this constant like sinus just right. drippage. And I'm like, this. So Dude. this is my life. And yeah. Trying to deal with the like VA and stuff. I'm like, this is pretty much my life now. I walk up there, like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm alive. Right. <laughs> That's what you're gonna get from me right now. Oh But you God. are working. You're working. No, I am not. So oh, so I is am... the co- the so position the, with the coalition? A, it's a so it's a nonprofit position. So okay. Um, it's all volunteer based. Uh, myself and other directors are all volunteers. Oh, so wow. it's not it's not a paid it's not yeah. a paid position and stuff like okay. that. Okay. How many directors do you guys have? So we have um let's see, we just had a director step down. So we have an education director and then we have uh two social uh social directors and stuff and uh we have another director where we're looking at kind of adjusting their position to some of the things I kind of want to do in the future with Cal to kind of take okay. it in a, a So what is what is the goal of Cal? So um when Cal started in 2015 it was supposed to uh, facilitate education in the community and uh primarily around it. kink? No, just like kink, BDSM, uh swinging, poly, 
the LGBTQ community. Um, so is really everything sex positive. Everything. Yes. Everything under that spectrum of uh, alternate, what would be considered not heteronormative. Mm-hmm. And even then, even within the heteronormative uh, thought process and stuff like that, they still want to explore sex and stuff. So it's pretty much open to anybody. Right. So if you want to explore, um, you know, if you're a monogamous couple, you want to open up uh, and explore your sexuality with your partner and you're trying to figure out how to properly communicate that and navigate that, um, you know, that these are things that Cal can possibly facilitate. We can have like a group and we can sit down and actually work with people. And it's like, hey. Well, that's awesome. So like, and, and we have classes on like non-monogamy and like poly and like a kink 101 stuff. Okay. Um, going forward, um, there are some things that um, I envision just because I, like, when I remember when Cal first started, I was, like, super, like, this is an awesome thing that has potential to be something really big. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. Like, bigger than I think what the original creators of Cal are willing to commit to. And I think there's a certain level of burnout in certain communities when you're doing, doing things. Because actually, I did. I took a break. Um, I was doing a podcast, and like you're going to like conventions, and then you're you're like you know you're teaching classes, and like mentoring, and it's just after a while, I'm like, I am not even actually doing the things I like to do in this because you're always out, and you just get into you just it's something it starts to kind of like slip a little bit, and I felt that the whereas it's kind of like I'm not even having fun. Even my partner at the time, she's like, oh, we are doing stuff. I was like, no, it feels like work, and I was like, that's the problem. My like like my lifestyle feels like a job now. I'm uh, not actually having fun with it because it's like, you know, I'm like showing up and then you know people are asking me questions and stuff, and I started to lose that, like that. I started to disconnect from it and stuff. Like it doesn't bother me now. Like, and it's I was an instructor my last two years in the military and I loved it. I loved like teaching. Okay. And if you're working with like people in the military, like I think. That's uh that summer, the two thousand eight, yeah, two thousand eight to two thousand nine, um, that time frame, we set a army record for pushing through um scouts. I think we had were like a hundred and ten percent or something like that. We were Oh wow. It was ridiculous. And these are like sixteen week cycles of, you know, it's like 170 people during the summer, you know, almost 200 people. They were opening additional barracks that haven't been open in years. And Damn. it's like, you do this, and then you have like a week or two off, and here's this new unit started back up, and now you got the instructors and the drill sergeants, and we're doing all this, and we're back over here, and then we're back over here doing this range. And, like, it got to the point, like, you know, you're, like, sleeping out at ranges, and, like, you're, you're ultimately, like, educators and babysitters and facilitators of all this stuff in the military. So, like, you get burnt out, but you don't have a choice. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, versus, like, in, you know, here, I kind of had a choice, and I'm just like, I'm just going to disappear. It's a volunteer position. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, so I just kind of stepped back from everything and reevaluated how I wanted to go forward. And the opportunity to take over Cal presented itself, and I was like, yeah, I want to take it over because I have some ideas. I kind of I have a vision of where I want Cal to be that um, will take – some work it will take some work for everybody to kind of want to see how that can kind of open it up and present itself and stuff like that and if people want to commit to it and stuff but i do believe that cal has the ability to be something really big 
and okay. something to really help uh people in multiple lifestyles and stuff like that from you know uh the trans community to you know uh get reconnected to the gay community and stuff and like you know the uh even in like kink and bdsm the gay community has become this like subgroup mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like you know it's predominantly like especially colorado and it's just predominantly white heteronormative stuff mm-hmm. um women you know are it's that standard like in a swinger community where it's like you know heteronormative couple bisexual woman right. pretty much does you know that's, that's kind of how it rolls and i'm like but that's not the norm and sometimes yeah. people just need permission Right. And I think that's like one of the biggest things that sometimes people just need permission or to see somebody that doesn't fit that mold. This kind of thing. I'm going to do what I want to do. It's like Dennis right. Rodman. Oh, like yeah. Dennis Rodman like went through like his stuff and all of a sudden he starts showing up in dresses. People are like, what? like you can't sit there and be like, but, but like that's the worm. Dennis Rodman. Like you, you would right. see him dating Carmen Electra. Then he's showing up in a wedding dress to a basketball game. You're like. I'm confused, but I'm not going to say anything to Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> as, long, as long as he's performing, you know, right. that's as long as he's performing. And, you know, that's that's the key, you know, because right. then everybody's like, oh, okay, you know. So as long as you're bringing it, everything's right. okay. And, like, I tell people, and I was like, I have, I have certain advantages and things that I can do. I know that I can, had I want to, I can walk around in a dress and show up to an event somewhere, and nobody's going to really bother the six-foot-two, six-foot-three, 300 pound black dude and he'd be like hey you in that dress you little sissy man I'm like you gonna have this conversation right, right. <laughs> and if that if I could have that comfortability to do that other people might be like okay cool I can go out and do this and it doesn't mean that you're gay it doesn't mean anything I mean I look at dresses I wear kilts um awesome kilts are, uh, common in a, a, a BDSM community and stuff right. like that and I'm like mm-hmm. you could do that dresses are comfortable <laughs> and they have pockets now so, <laughs> that's my wife's complaint <laughs> like some of the dresses like I, I hear that so many times they're like where does the dresses at but I'm like literally I'm like you can wear what you want doesn't mean anything less or more about you you could do things that you want to do and it doesn't mean anything less or more about you you have right. the right yeah. to exist without being sexualized constantly like it's like judged yeah. all of it you know just accept yeah, and that's how this like, community should be and it's not like I'm projecting my sexuality onto other people. Like, right, I exist. Right. I do my things behind my doors. I'm not, like, I'm not going to walk into, like, a public library and pull my dick out on a book and be like, I, I like public indecency. No, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that, that, that's rude. Right. It's inconsiderate. I'm not putting my sexuality on other people. I'm just saying that I'm open about it and I'm comfortable enough to explore it. And I would like to find other people that are willing to do the same thing. And you'd like to help them. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> if they want your help, I want you to look at that camera. So right if they there. want their your help, where do they find you? Okay, so you can look at Colorado Cow, uh, ColoradoCow.com, or you can look us up, Colorado Cow, on FetLife. Okay. Oh, oh nice. Wow. So we have FetLife and stuff like that. And just recently <clears throat> we started, um, I started a Facebook group Okay. for Colorado Cow. So I'm in that group. <laughs> yeah, kind nice. of Center of uh, Alternative Lifestyles. So yeah, if you go on Facebook, it's we have a Facebook page, Colorado Center of Alternative Lifestyles. Okay. And then we have a group where we post like I'll post like you know books, um, suggested reading. Oh, nice. Um, I'll post like you know possible classes. We have uh, sex therapists and stuff like that, or presenters that have been presenting for 
10, 20, 30 years in the lifestyle. Oh, awesome. Wow. That have, like, you know, knowledge and information and stuff. Because I'm like, I don't know everything. I will right. never, ever convince somebody that I know more than I do. So there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. Huh. So there are things that are in my scope. I got you. <laughs> things that are not in my scope. I, I got you to somebody that can. Hell yeah. Okay. You know, because, like, like, yeah. And, like, you know, that, and I have no ego about that. And I think that's why. Like, you know, when I was in the military, they were like, do you know how to do this? I'm like, nope, but I'm going to find out because uh, yep. right. I want to find out. Yep. Like today I posted something about, the, I think I was saying that earlier, but I posted something about the clitoris. Right. And mm-hmm. some, uh, 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 one of the ed- educators in a group was actually like, there's some misinformation about that, that we're fu- so, like, we just are starting to find out. Oh. And I was like, awesome. So now I went on like Google and I'm like, what is this? So I got in, I got to figure oh, yeah. this out because, um, and it was, we were talking about the nerve endings mm-hmm. on, um, the clitoris mm-hmm. where they said like, you know, the, the male penis has about 4,000 nerve endings. And then they're like, the clitoris has about eight. Apparently there's researchers look, they're looking into research and that was for an elephant. Oh, it's not even for a human. Okay. So like, you know, the, the anatomy of the clitoris and the penis is pretty much from the same material. Mm-hmm. Same, the same thing. So we're like, yeah, this is safe bet to say that there's at least 4,000 nerve endings on that. And I was like, Hey, that's good. Thank you for updating me on that information. Right. And now I got new source material. I can go look up and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate being right. And I tell people that I hate being right because I want to know if there's more information. Right. Oh, there so you go. There's more information out there so I can learn. So if like, you know, like if I went through everything I could possibly go through, then I'm right. I'm okay with that. But I don't want to be that person to be like, yeah, it's this and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, dumbass, it's not that. And you're completely wrong and you're putting out bad information into the universe. Right. And like I, that, that bothers me because you see that it's so prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, that and I think especially now because I I look on like uh, Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that, and you see people that are like, well, COVID happened, and then like I started dating somebody and I was dating somebody else. Now I'm poly and now I'm a sex ther- I'm a coach and a counselor for polyamory. I was like, oh, hold up, right? So COVID happened. You date somebody and then you date somebody else. Now you're an expert, expert. <laughs> on polyamory. Right. Or there was somebody, they posted a comment about um, uh, BDSM and dynamics and stuff. And they were like, well, it's, it's, it's like women pretty much predominantly run dynamics and stuff like that. I was like, it's a, isn't it kind of an equivalent exchange between both partners? It's a consenting exchange. Absolutely. That you're meeting with somebody. So how are you putting this information out? And I was like, where did you get your information from? And then I hear that. And I, and I started looking into them and I read their backstory and they're like, yeah, you know, so like I had a partner that kind of like, you know, he, he choked me a little bit and spanked me and then I just opened up my mind and it was all through COVID. It was all during the time of COVID. So within Mm -hmm. the last like two years, you pretty much are coming out discrediting sex therapists or people have been in a BDSM lifestyle for like all these years and all these things that people have done. And now you're going to put your two cents on it and you're going to pander to a certain demographic, a certain way to get your, your money. Mm -hmm. I respect your hustle, but you are literally putting out bad information into the community in the people's hands and people will believe that. And if they go into bigger spaces, that that, that can be problematic because Mm -hmm. like when you go to conventions, of like a couple thousand people. Right. You know, and you're just like, oh yeah, I do things like this and you'll have a whole room of people. Who the hell taught you that? 
Right. You're like, there's just the lady on the internet or this guy on the internet told me that one time. I'm like, <laughs> what? And like, oh yeah, that community would be like, let's get on TikTok and find out who the fuck said this. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like, it, it, you know, like people do it. They try to police themselves up and they, you know, a lot of people want proper education and proper stuff like that. And, um, I have seen the where people fall through the cracks and, you know, predatory behavior and stuff like that. That's, it's, it's going to happen. Right. It shouldn't happen. You don't want it to happen, but it's something that happens in certain communities. And when you see that happen, um, you know, the king community is like, you, you try to police yourselves, but you need something to happen. It's like cops, it's like law enforcement. Uh, yeah. Right. You need something to actually happen for somebody to do something. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't do preventative stuff the way you're like, I feel like you're a douchebag. <laughs> right. Right. But Even it, though we've been around so many of them. You're like, I know. Dude, I'm I pointing to you and I'm not pointing know, to you. I know. But, but it's like, I uh, feel like you're a douchebag and you're going to do some douchebag shit and yeah. I got to pay attention to you. And then you're like, as soon as it happens, you're like, I, I, I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? But you can't just sit there and look at somebody and be like, you're, you're a douchebag or you, you're a predator or you're going to take advantage of They have of to somebody. give you a reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and there's so many loopholes that are built up in the system, and that, that system, and it's the swinger community and stuff like that. And we were touching base on this before when I talk about my experience at um, Scarlet Ranch or, like, my experience in swinging to where the people that have violated consent most with me are women. Mm-hmm. But based on the loopholes that they have, right? it's kind of set up to where they did that. And then I'm like, I'm not okay with it. I say something about it, but what, l- let me go up and talk to, you know, like talk to someone who's like that, that woman just touched my penis. And they're going to be like, fuck are you here for? I know. Right. Because they're like, you're in a swinger place and a woman just touched your penis and you didn't do anything back. And you're like, no, you don't understand. I didn't want that. I didn't consent to that. <laughs> See? I didn't even See? know it was happening. Right there. Right, right there. Right there with you, man. God <laughs> damn it. Right there with you. Enthusiastic consent people. I just yes. did a TikTok video on enthusiastic <laughs> consent. And it's one of those things that I wanted to fit in. And I'm glad that, we, you know, we talked about it before the show because it, it happens all the time where when we're talking about consent, primarily the conversation is focused at a man mm-hmm. and telling you, you know, you better ask me, you better get my permission, you better not do, you know, no means no, all the things. And women just automatically think they got a free pass. Yep. Yep. Overstep and, those boundaries. Right. I can just touch. cross that fucking line and that's so with bad. Females too. Like, oh yeah. A lot of times when oh, my yeah. consent is violated, it's by another female. It's not by. I'm not saying that other men haven't violated my mm-hmm. consent, but definitely other females violate my consent consistently, mm-hmm. and it's at the free pass. That Way more think, than any other man. Right. Way more. And they think that they can just get away with it, and that's not okay, even for us girls. Mm-hmm. I when I t- when I teach about. Um, I teach a lot about personal responsibility when I talk to people about doing things. And I was like, this is where you need to empower people. You like empower them to be comfortable enough to say no. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's a big problem that like, and I think the reason why certain things happen to men so much is because women are like, who's going to say no. Right. Right. And it's like, you say that and like somebody has that smirk because that's literally something that they're like, right. who's going to say no? Cause I'm a woman. Right. So that's the primary focus of our new club is safety first is we want people to feel safe, men and women, Mm -hmm. to know that they can go there and you are amongst a community that's not going to tolerate that type of behavior. If consent is violated, we're going to 
we're going to police it. You're going to pl- be feel comfortable and empowered enough in the space and environment that you're in to say something, but we're also going to back that up. And that's important mm-hmm. because, like I said, I would have never done what you did and showed up to somebody's house <laughs> oh, and put on a blindfold. <laughs> Hell no. Safety is a huge it's a huge risk factor, especially for, you know, mm-hmm. females. And so we everybody should be able to feel safe. Yeah, there's some things that I've done growing up. I, that's why I said I had to reevaluate the whole dare thing. After that. that literally was like the turning point in me. Somebody was like, I dare you. And I was like, I don't do that shit no more. And like, you don't even know the story why. I'm just going to tell you I ain't even doing that no more. Just We're just going to leave it at that. I love but, it. Um, yeah, just going through and like negotiating. And I I am really hard on like, you know, ex-partners that are like S-types and stuff like that or, you know, submissives and stuff. I'm like, hey. You, you you have a personal responsibility to yourself. Right. Like, don't just go off of what we negotiated. And I want it's like, don't have a problem being aggressive with somebody. Like, telling them, it's like, okay, if we're doing this, I want you to do X, Y, and Z. I don't want any other stuff or anything like that. Be comfortable mm-hmm. about that. Or just <clears throat> opt out of it. Just opt out of it. Yeah. And understand, even if you're already in a situation where you're in the bedroom or you're in the bed, you still can revoke consent at any time. If it goes down a road that you weren't expecting, mm-hmm. you have the ability to say, oh, wait, I know we talked about this, but I didn't realize it was going to lead to this, mm-hmm. and I'm not comfortable with that. And cutting it off for no reason at all. Yeah. And guys, men need to be more comfortable actually saying that because guys have a problem. Like, we always talk about women getting into situations and them speaking up and stuff. Nobody talks about the fact that guys are getting a situation where they're laying naked with, you know, somebody and stuff like that. They start doing something. They don't feel comfortable about it, but they don't say nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Guys will be like, well, I guess I'll just going to do it or whatever. I well, know. No, just say some shit. I don't want to do this. And, like, just say it. But, but like, it's that conditioning of guys are like, it's like, it's weird where, like, guys are conditioned and it's like, Every, so many people have so many conditioning from their upbringing and stuff like that, men and women. And, you know, when that comes into relationships and stuff, and that's why I, I talk to guys, when you were talking about like your masculinity and stuff, your masculinity is on the line because you're saying no to a woman. You're not less of a man because you're saying no to a woman. If anything, your masculinity is checked because you're doing something as a man that you don't want to do, right? Mm-hmm. right? So you're sitting there saying, I'm not comfortable with this. I am saying no right here and now. Right. You're being a man. You're You're being that man. You're reinforcing that I don't want to do this. Right. And I'm saying no. And I am controlling myself in this situation like this. So, like, if anything, reinforce that thought by actually saying, no, that's not my thing. And I'm not going to do that. Um, but a lot of guys will get themselves in situations or they'll just say whatever because, you know, it gets back into those. Like, you, t- you tell your friends and they're going to be like, you turn out a woman naked in bed. What's wrong with you? Like, what? I don't want to do it. You know, right? And if it's a group of women having that discussion, and they're like, you know, the guy was doing this stuff in the bed, it's like, that's not okay. Yeah, you know, it's like that conversation shifts to where they're like, that's not okay. Right. So weird, right? Group of so men, weird, right? they're like, why you turn that down? You're like, I, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Just that's wasn't feeling it in the discussion. Right. Yeah. You know, or you know, I I tell so many people all the time that like, especially for like men in the swing community, when we talk about the whole. Women, if you're in the mood or you're not really in the mood, but you kind of want to do it, you know, get some lube, do a couple things. You know, I'm not saying it's just that simple, but, you know, boom, put some lube on there. Let's go. Man can't do that. 
we can't put popsicle sticks on our dick. Right. Wrap it around, <laughs> you know, duct tape it and be like, all right, I got this. It's the brace. <laughs> it's the finger brace. <laughs> you got to get splinters. That's a whole kink in itself, I'm pretty sure. But I'm just saying that that's something that I'm like, if you're not in the mood, you can't, as a guy, you can't really fake it. Even with, right. like I tell people, even with Viagra, you have to be in a mood. Mm-hmm. Viagra doesn't work unless you're actually sexually aroused right mm-hmm. so it's just like you could take viagra all day if you're not turned on by the the, the event that you're going to do you're nothing's happening right and so like you know like as a guy you got to be comfortable being like hey i can't do this and not worry about something's like like comments i've heard over the years are you gay because you can't get it up are you like are you just not into me do you not find me attractive and there's this weird pressure to perform i'm like there's a lot of pressure for a guy in a room of people to perform that right it, on demand know, right like i've shown i've shown up to the events and like this one was like oh yeah let me like pull your dick up she's like oh you're not hard i was like i just showed up here i don't know what you want me to do right but literally you're walking around in clothes everybody's walking around in clothes and you expect me to just walk up and be like ah, I, I am not aroused right at all mm-hmm. <laughs> so i don't know what you want from me like mm, can I, I have a nipple fetish you want to show me a nipple so i can Okay, okay, I'm trying to work at it, but it wasn't that. It was pretty much like, right? Yeah. Oh going. yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know who you. It there's also a fallback because I am like a a, a dominant, uh, person in like BDS and stuff. So if somebody's barking stuff to me. I'm just like, that's not a turn on at all. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> the exact you like opposite. To be in charge. <laughs> that will dry up my pee hole. So, <laughs> like, you know, I'm just like, no, I can't get into that. I, I don't mm-hmm. know why you're telling me stuff. That's that's awkward. You didn't negotiate that, and I don't project that on the people either. I might be a dominant person in the BDSM, but everywhere else, I don't. I don't project it. Even in that community. Everybody's all like, "Aren't you? Aren't you a dominant?" I was like, "Yeah, but we didn't negotiate that, so I don't, I don't know why you want me to just take charge of stuff." Like, right? right. We do. This is the first night we're meeting you, and you seem like super respectful. <laughs> like, not like you're trying to like overtake situations and shit. You know, like so. I could, it's so weird. It's so weird. They're like, "Why would you want to be like that?" Even you know, in the did military, you that? like I wasn't like, "Oh, I got, it. I'm the alpha." I'm like, man, I showed up, man. What? What are we? Because it's like you, you think about it. And I always say this: if you have like ten men in the room, and all ten of those guys want to be the alpha, oh god, whew, dude. What you're saying is I can't coexist unless I'm in charge, right? Yes, right. So yes. I'm like, you can't work. You can't work as a team. You can't work cohesively. You can't do nothing because you're always trying to jock for position within each other. Right. If you just show up with multiple people and you're like, hey, man, I don't care. We do your thing. I do my thing. We're having fun, right? You coexist. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what it should be. But you get so many people that are trying to jock for position mm-hmm. and so many communities and stuff like that. And, you know, that, that I'm just like, ah, this shit's annoying. Like, can, can it not be a con- pissing contest? Thank you. Can we just not? Can we just not? My ego isn't that fragile that I need to be the, the manliest man in the room. Like literally, I'm the biggest dude in the room. As is, I don't need to, I don't need to project that I'm the biggest guy in the room. I just show up, and I'm just like, you know, I can't hide. Like I can't hide it. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, and I tell people that, and that that's something that I also tell people when we talk about like bodies and physical perspectives of people and stuff like that. That like some guys are like, oh man, I just feel a little uncomfortable because you know I'm not like. I was like, I am six two, three hundred pounds. Right. I successfully swing. I successfully have sex. I successfully do kink stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, my partners are in all safe and sizes and stuff like that. I, do you, you have an issue with confidence? Because I will give you some of mine. <laughs> I will bottle it up. I have, uh, I, 
think very highly of myself. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, I think that goes a long way. That right. people, they focus on like the physical. They're like, I need to look like a Greek Adonis. I'm like, no, you don't. That's, you, you don't. No. Like, trust Confidence me. Confidence goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. And I, with females, too. Absolutely. I'm not really attracted to, you know, unconfident females at all. No. Or males. Both. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, or not only that, have people vouch for you. Somebody's like, right. oh, yeah, I want to experience that. It's like, I know. And like, I've, I've had that, that where somebody's like, I want to explore that. They're like, talk to him. He'll show you. And I was like, there you go. Somebody felt comfortable enough to say, if you want to experience this, this is somebody that I vouch for and I trust. And I was like, that, that, is, that, that is a confident situation right there. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have so many people that, like, you know, like I said, that have that, they show up and they got, like, an S on their chest and they're like, I, I am this. I'm like, but it's kind of an ass. But, right. but, like but are you? Yeah, you know, right. But are you? You right. know, come on. You want to hear yourself speak and, like, I get it. On some level, I do too. <laughs> but I have no problem deferring to somebody else and letting them speak as well. Because I know being in the military and my background, construction, some of the things I say and how I say my words don't work out right. Mm. And if you can say something better than me or you can say something better than me, I'm going to be like, I don't want to let you two speak and I'm just going to shut up. Because <laughs> you will translate that so much better than I can. There you right. go. I talked to a certain demographic. If you're like, I work construction and I did, you know, I was a truck driver for a couple of years and military. So my language and how I convey stuff is different. Very directed to the point. Not oh, everybody yeah. responds to that. Right. And people need different ways. And being an instructor, I learned over the years teaching 160, 170 people that like, I may not reach all of them a certain right. way. And I need to change how I do that. So, you know, if I'm talking to this kid over here, you know, in the army, and I'm like, okay, you're struggling this way. All right, let's 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 try this. And, like, you know, I do that, and then I work with somebody else, and I try that. And then when I come back into the king community, it's like, okay, I see your situation here. Let me try to be of assistance this way. And if I can't do that, I don't want to put you in a situation where my energy and personality is just too strong for you. Mm-hmm. and that happens to where like i know i have a presence and a tone and stuff so i'm like if that's too much and that's making you uncomfortable you'll do better listening to this person even though they'll say the same exact thing mm-hmm. you'll respond better to this person because of the way that th- their energy and the way they you know present themselves or project themselves and stuff like that right. and it just happens and that's I'm fine a- with that. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, hey. we appreciate you coming here and, and, and listening to yourself speak. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I appreciate being on the show. So. No, we really <laughs> enjoyed it. And it was a, a really great show. We really thank you for sharing uh, yeah. everything that you're doing with the Coalition for the Alternative Lifestyles. Colorado Center of Alternative Lifestyles. Colorado, Colorado Center, Center of Alternative, Alternative Lifestyles. <laughs> Where did I get Coalition at, Drew? I don't I think probably. I got that from you. I, I feel think, like yeah, we probably just throw <laughs> it out. We'll probably just throw it so out. So we really appreciate all the work that you're doing with the Colorado Center Center of, of Alternative, Alternative Lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's CCAL yep, two no, C's. Colorado C A L dot com. So okay. we'll, we'll go by like you'll see people will say ca- they'll call it Cal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Center of Alternative because it's Center C- of Alternative, Alternative Lifestyle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we again appreciate you. Coming. <laughs>
<laughs> and sharing everything that you're doing with the Colorado Center of Alternative Lifestyles. There you go. Third time's the charm. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to see more, head over to our website. We'll definitely have links over to the Colorado Coalition of Life Alternative Lifestyles. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck it. It's like a tongue twister. It is it. now. <laughs> You can see more on our website and check out our event page where we'll have all sorts of lifestyle-related events. Yes. Um, for the office, for the ranch, for the coalition, for the... <laughs> God damn. You are done. We're just gonna, I'm done. We're just going to get a piece of paper done. and just post yep. it up. <laughs> Every time she says it, it just broke right across the right. bottom. Right across the bottom. There you go. Colorado, Colorado Cal Center for Alternative well, uh, in my lifestyle. defense, coalition starts with a C too. So hey, there it's you not go. Like I was. <laughs> so does cock. <laughs> <laughs> Check out our website where you can find more events and more links to educate yourself on the op options available in the lifestyle. Otherwise, make sure that you listen to us and like us over on YouTube and Spotify, and check us out on Breaker. We just got added to Breaker. Um, other than that, you guys have a great day, and make sure you catch Dwayne and his Fafa oh, yeah. or his Pink Couch Confessional over on our Patreon. See you guys later. Bye.